Hello everyone, welcome to our 15th episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast. This week we'll be taking a look at a few of the different events, exhibitions and special guest appearances that Wallace and Gromit have been involved in over the years in the UK. Perhaps there might even be some that you've visited or seen yourself. So, what have Wallace and Gromit been involved in, away from our screens? It turns out, a great deal. One of the earliest appearances of Wallace and Gromit was in a stage show. Wallace and Gromit alive on stage in a grand night out, way back in 1997. Now, those of you following World of Wallace and Gromit on Instagram will have seen some pictures posted a few weeks back of this exact show that I'm talking about. The first three Wallace and Gromit shorts had been released, and mime artist Andrew Dawson decided to take these on-screen characters and put them on a stage. The play opened with Wallace unveiling his new invention at the local playhouse, the Mark I Pantheatricon, which was a fully automated theatre with added add-ons housed in a caravan. This invention has a brainwave activator to relay lines to a character, meaning they never forget one, and has the ability to change the scene and provide costumes at the drop of a hat. In the middle of his grand unveiling of this invention, helped by Gromit and Sean, Wendelene Ramsbottom turns up and tells Wallace she wants to be friends again. She also has a box with a newspaper in it with her, and from the newspaper, Wallace learns that Feathers McGraw has escaped from jail and wants revenge on those who incarcerated him, Wallace and Gromit. Meanwhile, as per usual, Wallace's invention demonstration hasn't gone entirely to plan. Gromit ends up dancing to Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy before many other costume changes. Whilst Wallace, Gromit and Wendelin go round the back of the caravan to fix it, None other than Feathers McGraw steps out of the box Wendelin had been carrying, clearly having hypnotised Wendelin into assisting him. Feathers hides backstage, and the second run-through of Wallace's invention commences. A complete performance of an Arthur Conan Doyle-type Victorian murder mystery, featuring Wallace and Gromit as the protagonists, coming to the aid of Lady Wensleydale, with Sean providing sound effects. Partway through, Wendelin's trance starts to wear off, and she's reluctant to continue her roles as the barmaid. Feathers swiftly emerges and rehypnotizes her so she continue acting and keep trying, and failing, to kill Wallace on Feathers' behalf. After many attempts during the play to kill Wallace, both by Wendeline and disguised Feathers, we see a dramatic nighttime chase scene through Wensydale Manor, culminating in Wallace and Wendeline sharing a romantic moment alone, out of character before Feathers arrives, disguised as Gromit's character, and knocks Wendelin down with a stone. Thinking Gromit has hurt his beloved, Wallace fires Gromit from the play. The invention's theme then gets switched to cops and robbers, and using the player's cover, Feathers and Wendelin start stealing things from the audience. Wallace starts to realise something is up, and confronts the penguin. Feathers then tries to kill Wallace with a kebab slicing machine, but Wallace arrives in time to save him, and then the penguin's own bomb explodes near him, blowing him back to prison. Wallace apologises to the audience, and, recovered from her hypnosis, Wendelin and Wallace resume their romance. It feels quite a long-winded story relative to other Wallace and Gromit plots, but I imagine it would have had a different feel if seen on stage in its proper setting. 
I would love to know if any of you saw it at the time. I believe the show started in Cardiff, then went to Bristol and London, and maybe somewhere else, not quite sure. One of the things I do find very amusing is the costumes from the photographs of the play. I'm not sure if they're funny or a little unnerving though, as the costume designers have tried to translate the plasticine style onto real-life people, right down to the little button noses and Wendelin's triangular solid hair. Still, I suppose it makes it obvious who's who. This was not their only stage appearance, oh no. In 2012, Wallace and Gromit took part in a very special performance during the BBC Proms. Wallace and Gromit's Musical Marvels. This concert was specially designed to introduce classical music in a fun way aimed at families and featuring a very cleverly designed interaction between the conductor and an animated Wallace and Gromit. The conductor being on stage on a podium designed by Wallace, the Maestro-O-Matic, which came with a baton holder, a mug of tea and a plate of cheese. And Wallace and Gromit being in a basement location somewhere in the concert venue, which we see clips of throughout the concert as well as a hastily composed double concerto for violin and dog, played alongside violinist Tasman Little, some Copeland, Adams, Debussy and Shostakovich, the concert centrepiece is Wallace's Concerto in E, lad. In the second half of the concert, the audience was treated to a showing of A Matter of Loaf and Death, with all the music performed by live orchestra. Wallace and Gromit musical marvels... <laughs> The concert was a success, so later went on tour to Australia and all over the UK. I saw an almost identical performance to the proms a couple of years later, and I must say it had all the gags that a Wallace and Gromit film might have, just a little more condensed. But the thing that got me was this was a whole concert full of a new generation being introduced to and laughing at the humour and playfulness that Wallace and Gromit brings to whatever they're involved in, as well as presenting classical music in a light-hearted way. It was something very special, particularly the experience of hearing A Matter of Loaf and Death with live orchestra. Speaking of inspiring children, if we head back to 2009, Wallace and Gromit teamed up with the Intellectual Property Office to put on an exhibition to inspire children to come up with inventions and understand laws around how to protect them. A world of cracking ideas. It started at the Science Museum, and I did actually go to this as a child, and I remember you get to literally walk through the front door of 62 West Wallaby Street into rooms with lots of different interesting things in. There are some of Wallace's inventions, like the ones we know, like the telescope, but also a few silly ones, uh, like the chocolate teapot and a dog food bowl made out of dog biscuits. There are also a few Wallace and Gromit sets, a little soft play area, a thinking cap slide and lots of cupboards and items that you might find in Wallace and Gromit's house. At the exhibition, you could come up with your entry for the National Invention Competition to invent an ingenious household invention, or upload it later to the accompanying Cracking Ideas website. I really liked this website because there was a fun game called Invention Suspension, where you controlled helicopters to fix different contraptions, I think. And uh, following the close of the national competition, the website then hosted monthly invention competitions on different themes, which I enjoyed coming up with ideas for. Sadly, the original Cracking Ideas website has long been closed down, but there's still a Cracking Ideas intellectual property website with lots of information designed for schools to use.
The exhibition itself was very successful and after London toured Newcastle and Glasgow, attracting over 500,000 people through the door. Slightly off topic, but still fun, was that later that year, to celebrate Wallace and Gromit's 20th anniversary, they got their very own Google Doodle on the 4th of November. Christmas 2010 was an excellent one for UK Wallace and Gromit fans, as the plasticine pair were chosen to feature on that year's Christmas stamps. For those of you unfamiliar, since 1966 there's been a tradition in the Royal Mail of producing special festive stamps every year for the Christmas period, a time more popular than the rest of the year for sending things by post. So a real honour for Wallace and Gromit creator Nick Park to be asked to have his characters immortalised in stamp form and sent out to millions of houses all over the UK. One of the biggest challenges was including all the detail that goes with the Wallace and Gromit style, but so that when shrunk down to the size of a postage stamp, it was still recognisable. Five different stamps for different franking were produced with five different festive scenes, and if you look closely at the letter being posted on the first-class stamp, it's got the same stamp that is the scene itself. As a big fan of postage stamps generally, I think these are probably one of my favourite all-time things Wallace and Gromit have ever been involved in, as the attention to detail is simply stunning. Moving forward to 2013, Wallace and Gromit get their very own ride at the famous seaside resort, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. When guests enter the thrill-o-matic ride, they're seated in a giant slipper and then are transported through dozens of different life-size scenes from the five Wallace and Gromit films, complete with the musical accompaniment that goes with them and voiceover comments from Wallace. I haven't managed to visit this one yet myself, but it's definitely on my list. Also in 2013 was one of the biggest events Wallace and Gromit have ever been involved in, Gromit Unleashed. I thought this deserved its own episode, so I won't be going into it now, but keep an eye out for that soon. In episode 13, Going Global, I mentioned about lots of different touring exhibitions all over the world. But the UK has also had its fair share of Wallace and Gromit exhibitions, particularly in Bristol, the home of Ardman and Wallace and Gromit. In 2014, a three-month exhibition opened in Bristol's M-Shed, showcasing the story-making process behind the films, and also featuring some of Nick Park's sketchbooks, film sets, the actual rocket, and a real Oscar. From Newcastle in 2018, when Wallace and Gromit had their own exhibition, inspired by the Great Exhibition of the North, to celebrate Northern Ingenuity, right down to Land's End, where an exhibition featuring Wallace and Gromit, Shaun the Sheep, and other Ardman friends has been running since 2015. With Ardman having celebrated their 40th anniversary not too long ago, they've reached a point where there's enough public interest for them to pretty much always have an exhibition on somewhere. Great news for us fans. Last year, in 2019, to celebrate their 30th anniversary, Wallace and Gromit were the special stars of Cheese Fest UK, the first and only event of its kind. This was a touring festival with live music, meet and greet, cooking demos, food stalls, cheese markets and Wallace and Gromit activities, all in the name of cheese. Something very close to Wallace's heart. With around 20 different venues all over the UK, this was something that fans all over and of all ages could enjoy. Also to celebrate this anniversary, the Royal Mint, who make all the money, produced a special Wallace and Gromit 50p featuring Wallace and Gromit's faces and Casus Prestons, probably haven't pronounced that right, which means cracking cheese in Latin. 
Unfortunately, the coins weren't for circulation, but you could buy them through the Royal Mint website, and I believe there was a chance to press your own at the Royal Mint's exhibition when the coin first came out. Pretty cool. Finally, those of you with a Garmin sat-nav may be familiar with a certain voice you're used to hearing as you travel to your destinations. Chuck's away, Chuck. Proceed to the highlighted route. <laughs> this is it, lad. Turn left, then turn right. For obvious reasons, 2020 hasn't exactly been jam-packed with Wallace and Gromit things. But we do have the news that the new Wallace and Gromit adventure will be launching this autumn. Unlike traditional films, viewers will be able to be actually part of this one through mixed reality technology. As we're nearing the end of September now, hopefully it won't be too long before we get to find out more. What do you think of that then, Gromit? This week we're looking at a slightly different kind of book. The Curse of the Were-Rabbit Sticker Book. Now this book was given to me fairly recently by a very dear friend of mine, and as a child she had very diligently collected and stuck in all the stickers in it. So it's a beautiful, complete book. I wonder if any of you had one or knew someone that did. The book introduces the characters, as well as presenting a synopsis of the story, told alongside dozens of stickers with the scenes, stills and characters from the film. My favourite part of this book is the card section in the final few pages, where you had to collect nine image cards to complete a page-sized poster, which were all actual posters and adverts from the film. Like the wanted poster for the were-rabbit, the giant vegetable competition poster and the Veg Be Big Tonic advert. I imagine this would have been an exciting activity of chance and luck for any child who had enjoyed the film or even if they hadn't seen it. A worthy pocket money spending choice, I'd say. Uh, all's well that ends well, that's what I say. That brings us to the end of today's episode, I'm afraid. Do give the podcast a like, leave a review and let me know if you've been to anything I've mentioned today or maybe there's something else you think I've missed off. Let me know. See you next week. From me, from Gromit, from Arj. Au revoir, chucks. <laughs>